It's Thursday, December 15, 2022. I cannot overstate this, but rapid warming in the Arctic is profoundly affecting the more than 400,000 indigenous people who live there, and in many instances is upending their entire way of life. Climate change is deeply disrupting the Arctic. New report from NOAA finds... Rapid oil and gas expansion poses an existential threat to the world's forests. Plus, the world is gradually shifting towards a greener future in a bid to safeguard our planet from the ongoing climate crisis. European Union agrees to enact world's first carbon import tariff. All of those agreements and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The evidence is clear. Human-caused climate change is transforming the snowy and icy Arctic into a warmer, wetter environment. You mean a delightful golf lover's paradise? Plus oil drilling. This is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, golf lovers paradise and oil drilling aside, (laughs) this new report from NOAA on the Arctic is really, really disturbing. Yes, it is. Human-caused climate change is destabilizing the fragile Arctic with consequences for indigenous peoples, wildlife, and extreme weather around the planet. The new Arctic report card released this week by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration finds that the past seven years in the Arctic have been the hottest seven years since at least 1900. That is fueling warmer, wetter, and stormier conditions and accelerating the loss of sea ice, impacting wildlife and the people that depend on it. Does that mean it was this warm back in the 1900s? No, that means that that's as far back as records go. Got it. The Arctic is warming at a faster rate than the rest of the world, and scientists say that, in turn, is weakening the jet stream, causing extreme weather systems in the northern hemisphere to stall, intensifying their effects, like Hurricane Harvey and the deadly record-breaking heat waves in China and the Pacific Northwest. So what happens in the Arctic doesn't stay in the Arctic. In the Democratic Republic of Congo, more than 140 people have died in catastrophic flooding after rains flooded the capital, Kinshasa. The country's president in Washington on Tuesday for the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit said the torrential rains are a consequence of wealthy nations' climate pollution and their failure to act to cut their emissions. Sounds about right. He called on rich nations to fulfill their pledges to assist developing nations with funding to to adapt to climate impacts so that those developing nations don't have to turn to oil and gas exploration to raise revenue. Which is, in theory, what they agreed to at the recent U.N. climate conference, but they got to work out the details. It may take a while. Oh, yes. And that was the topic of a new report released this week at the U.N. Biodiversity Conference in Montreal. The new analysis from nonprofit Earth Insight warns that the world's two largest rainforests in the Amazon and the Congo basins are under accelerating threat of rapid oil and gas expansion. The report finds fossil fuel development poses an existential threat to the world's forests, biodiversity, and millions of indigenous people living in 
10 areas slated for new oil and gas development. And it matters because rainforests serve a crucial planetary function by absorbing a significant chunk of humanity's carbon emissions. At the conference, Elizabeth Wathuti of Kenya's Green Generation Initiative called for protecting nature and its ecosystem services that are critical to preserving climate stability. We need nature to be at the front and center. When we destroy nature, it means that we are destroying our own life support system. In the process, we are destroying ourselves as humanity. But some good news. The European Union Parliament struck a deal this week to establish the world's first carbon import tariff called a carbon border adjustment tax. The EU's proposal would slap a tariff on imports of carbon-intensive products like steel and cement to prevent European industries from being undercut by cheaper goods made in countries with weaker environmental rules. Good, like us, for example. Exactly. Effectively fighting climate change through global trade, which would also pressure Europe's trading partners to decarbonize their own industries. Good. Competition. Free market. I like it. E&E News reports that congressional Republicans are interested in Europe's carbon border adjustment mechanism in the U.S., but as a way to counter China, not because they suddenly support climate action. Correct, because they're isolationists. And finally, good news. The City Council of Los Angeles has voted to ban the sale and distribution of styrofoam products, which are not biodegradable and not recyclable. The council also expanded the city's ban on single-use plastic bags to combat the the costly scourge of plastic pollution. Well, it'll be an apocalypse here in L.A. before long. At least that's what they'll tell us on Fox News. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. In no dread.